Hey guys, welcome to another episode. This is another Blind Sports episode. We have a very special guest. Oh yeah, hello everyone. My name is uh, Daryl Walker. Hello, it's very nice to meet you. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, 37 years old. I am a goalball player. I've been a part of uh, the goalball team right now since 2003, been on and off the team since that point. I'm a two-time Paralympic athlete and looking to go to my third Paralympic Games next summer, uh, 2020 in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Oh, wow. That is awesome. Wow. So <laughs> do you want to explain to our audience what goalball is and how it got started? Not a problem. Goalball uh, is a sport for the visually disabled. So it's for anybody who, from an international standpoint, has an acuity of uh, 20 over 200 or worse. Um, you have to be visually disabled to actually do it. So you have to be technically legally blind to actually play the sport of goalball internationally. The sport of goalball itself, uh, the team sport, played with uh, three players on each side of the court. We play on a volleyball-sized court. What we do is we play with this hard, round-shaped ball, about the size of a basketball. And the object of the game is to take that ball and roll it as hard as you can on the court while trying to score on your opponents on the other side of the court. There's a couple bells inside the ball. And the reason why there are bells inside the ball because we're having to hear where the ball is coming from and where it's going to. And as a result of that, since everybody's at a different level of blindness, they decided to even out the playing field by having everyone wear darked out eye shades to where everyone is completely sightless. So we don't see the ball come at us. So we're having to listen to where the ball is coming from. And while we're doing that, we're positioning ourselves on the court. And when the ball is being rolled on the court, we're having to dive on that same court using the various parts of our bodies from stopping it from going in the net behind us. Oh, cool. So that in a nutshell is a little bit of the basics of goalball. Goalball originally was created, I believe, in the 1940s. And it was during World War II where I guess a few of the veterans of went blind in combat, so they decided to make like a little activity for them to do in their spare time. It evolved into something bigger as a recreational activity in like the 50s and 60s. And then it started to become an actual sport in itself in the 70s. And in 1976, they had it as like a test event at the 1976 Paralympic Games. It actually passed and then it got added to the Paralympic Games officially in 1980, and it's been around ever since. Wow, that is very interesting. So I've played goalball, but recreationally, like for fun, not competitively or anything like that. So you did explain that there was like three three players on both sides of the court. Can you explain what positions they play and what they're responsible for like in the game absolutely so in the sport of goal ball there's three players on each side of the court and it's linked up into like nine meters of the court going straight across so you'll have a left wing a center and a right wing and there's lines on the court that have string underneath it so we can orientate ourselves the entire time so the left wing and the right wing are about three meters in length and the, the center is at the center of both of them 
and there's like a little T going down the frontline area, which is like the team area. It's kind of hard to explain from like a non-visual standpoint mm-hmm. stuff. But mm-hmm. so the center is actually slightly a bit further up than the left wing and right wing to avoid collisions and stuff. And basically, depending on where the ball is being thrown from and where it's being thrown to will determine what amount of meters on the court you're actually supposed to be covering. In the past, it's been to the point where, like, okay, if the ball is being thrown out of the middle of the court, left wing has three meters, center has three meters, right wing has three meters. But the game has become way more athletic than it used to be. Before, it was just like... You can throw the ball hard. A lot of the players were in fairly good shape at this at the level of where fitness really was. But now the game has evolved into a much more higher-paced game. You have to be very athletic to play the sport of goal ball now. There's no flagging on. The goal ball has finally reached the level that I have like imagined and even dreamt of. Oh, I see. Oh, wow. Okay. That's... Wow, that's really interesting. I bet the games are very intense at the Paralympic level. Yeah, they definitely can be. I mean, the game has evolved from uh, two seven-minute halves, and then it became two 10-minute halves. Now it's two 12-minute halves. Each team gets a total of four substitutions and four timeouts per game. But one of the timeouts and subs you have to use in the first half if you don't use any in the first half, that additional one or um, sub and timeout does not roll over. So you don't get it in, in the next half. You'll just be remaining with three substitutions and three timeouts and stuff. And you can only sub like one person in for another and stuff. So you can't, it's, it's not like hockey to where like, okay, subs, you can sub all three and stuff mm-hmm. like that and bring them in. However, at halftime, if you wanted to do your three subs on the bench and stuff or your three guys that were already on the court or girls on the court and everything and stuff, mm-hmm. you totally can do that and it won't count against you at halftime. So so would goalball be comparable to like volleyball or soccer? I mean, the only other sport that really people can somewhat compare it to is maybe handball, but goalball is really a sport in itself. Because if you look at all the Paralympic sports mm-hmm. for the summer games, Pretty much all of them, except for goalball, are all adaptable from the able body Olympic Games. So, for example, in the Olympics, you have basketball, mm-hmm. Paralympics, wheelchair basketball, you know, Olympics, rugby, Paralympics, quadriplegic rugby, oh, you know, awesome. Olympics, volleyball, and the Paralympics, seated volleyball, so forth and so on. There's no Olympic goalball. Goalball was designed for the visually disabled. It was designed for that impairment of individuals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's really no adaptation. But maybe someday it'll actually be in reverse to where the Olympics will have a goalball group and stuff that's adaptable from the Paralympics. Who knows? <laughs> that would be really, really cool. Because I mean, because 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 we see that now mm-hmm. with certain Paralympic athletes that are actually. Uh, to actually go and try out for like the Olympic team. I think wow. there was a track runner that was using his, I forget what they're called and stuff, whatever the, yeah, he was using those to be a sprinter and stuff like that. And he was able to go over to the Olympics and do the same thing and stuff. That's awesome. 
or even just other athletes that want to cross over, whether it's just because they have the opportunity or a person who's visually impaired may be a little bit faster and they mm-hmm. want to just do track or swimming or whatever it may be. You don't see it too often, but something tells me in the future stuff like that will actually happen more often. Oh, no doubt. So I was wondering, how long have you been playing goalball and what originally got you interested in the sport? Well, I've been, I was introduced to the sport of goalball in 1996 when I attended the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind, which is in St. Augustine. Because mm-hmm. um, growing up as a kid, you know, I was, I knew I had a vision problem, but I didn't want to accept it. You know, because all my friends were like sighted kids at like 2020 or, or something like that. So I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm still going to play football, basketball, baseball, all these different things. I'm just going to adapt as best as I know how. I'm just going to not allow this to hinder me and stuff. And there were some limitations, but not enough for me to be like, okay, you know what? I'm visually disabled. I shouldn't be doing this. I need to find a sport where I can do something. And I'm like, but no. So I went to the school, heard about goalball. It was part of their like activities. It was part of their sporting uh, events going on at the time. I tried it out and, you know, as, as crazy as this may sound, <laughs> I really didn't even like goalball. Really? Oh, wow. I, I, I thought goalball was literally the dumbest sport ever invented. I, I, I really did. I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, so let me get this right. There are individuals diving on a wooden court that may or may not be clean, depending on who swept it or mopped it. And you're having to get hit by a hard, round-shaped ball that weighs about three pounds and I can't even see the ball come at me. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. This does not. This does not sound fun to me. This does not sound athletic to me. This does not sound like anything that I would want to do. But then years went by. I started playing it here and there. We went to small tournaments from time to time. I was okay at it and stuff. And probably was better than I gave myself credit but it took until my senior year as I was playing on the basketball team because I wanted to I wanted to be a professional NBA player I wanted to be the first person with a visual impairment and the first person with albinism to actually make it to the NBA so I was like I I just I was determined I, I played it all the time I was determined but then after all the times I dropped a pass or missed a shot or ran into somebody on the court, it finally hit me. My senior year, I was like, you know, I probably shouldn't be playing. Okay. I was playing basketball. I ran into somebody. I hit them pretty hard, but I didn't even know they were there because I didn't see them in my peripheral and stuff. And they flew, hit the ground. They laid there for a while. They were okay. But I'm thinking to myself, like, what if they weren't okay? Right. Like that would have been bad. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta stop. So mm-hmm. I stopped, graduated high school. A friend of mine asked me if I wanted to like just make a Florida club goalball team. And I was like, Well, okay, why not? I didn't have any sports things going on, I didn't have any this, that going on. So I was like, sure, why not? You know, who cares? Let's just see what happens. And thought nothing of the Paralympics because it never got talked about. I never even I I thought my dreams of like being in the NBA or even being in the track and field, all that kind of stuff was just was just over. I was like, okay. December of 2002, I was asked by a coach uh, by the name of Tom Perigen, Florida coach, teacher of FSDB, 
and even Paralympic goalball coach, he asked me if I wanted to come to an open tryouts in Colorado Springs, Colorado at the Olympic Training Center for goalball. And I was like, I mean, do I have to pay for anything, blah, blah. I was like, no, no, we'll pay for your flight, everything. everything. I'm pretty sure I, I either, either I paid for my flight or they paid for my flight. I can't really remember, but I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So I went, thought I was at the bottom of the barrel, you know, 15 guys. I'm probably like number 15 up in this camp. And about an hour into it and stuff, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not the 15th guy. I'm like top eight at least, <laughs> you know. So I just went back home from that camp, learned a lot, started strength training a lot, started working on my dieting a little bit, my cardio, everything. And then May of 2003, I got selected to be on the USA men's national team and went to Lithuania, which was my first country I ever, I ever went to, to oh, see wow. international goalball. And it was interesting because it was like the first international flight I've ever been on. Got a passport. That was the first time I ever did something like that. I, I got to go to Lithuania, which was my first country that I've ever been to outside the U.S., obviously, and stuff. And, man, it was just a, it was just an interesting experience. And at the same time, being able to see, like, international goalball it was so strange because you're so used to like going to goalball tournaments everybody speaking english now you're in like a different country and nobody's speaking english and you're like man where am i right now like this is crazy no doubt it's just so like i'm like pinching myself going like am i really here this is this is insane you know how i got selected to do that and stuff and it's just like i've been on and off of the men's usa national team since that point since basically january of 2003 is what it all started for me and stuff and if i would have said no who knows how my life would have been right now without goal ball and i just literally i've been playing goal ball at that level from january of 2003 on the national team until now and since that point I have been to two Paralympic Games. I've been to like three world championships. I've been to several Pan American and Para Pan American Games. I've won five men's national championships. And I've been to 13 countries. So, and, and received a silver medal, you know? Wow, that's awesome. And it's just like I've, I've been to two Paralympics and I've been to two different medal matches. You know, we came in fourth in Beijing, but then, but. We took silver when we were in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And probably the coolest thing about that as well was that <laughs> from a historical standpoint of being a African-American male, I was able to meet and shake the hand of the first African-American president of the United States. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. That is amazing. So, I mean, it's 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 pretty crazy. The more I talk about it like this, it just allows me to realize, like, man, it's you know, it's it's because obviously you think about it, and you know, it's been that long. But just to be able to sit back and be like, man, you know, I got asked to try it in two thousand three. I made the team May of two thousand three. Went to Lithuania, and it's just like sometimes when you travel, you're just like, eh, just another day going to like a different country and stuff. But no, it, it's I've been to thirteen different countries oh, wow. because of goalball. That is crazy. No doubt. Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you just try not to take it for granted. And you mm -hmm. try to just like, instead of getting so wrapped up in the idea of like, okay, am I a starter? Am I not a starter? And blah, blah, blah. It's really just sitting back, just going like, okay, first of all, if you weren't good enough, you wouldn't have been selected. Yeah. So you may not think that they're not seeing certain things to have you be a starter, to have you play more, but they still saw something for them to select you over all the other people that didn't get selected. 
And at the same time, traveling all over the globe. Because the thing is, very fortunate for the sport of football that when I go travel somewhere internationally, we as the athletes don't pay for our flights. It gets paid for. But we can still earn the mileage. That's awesome. You know, room and board is covered. Really? And then depending on the event, especially if it's the Paralympics and everything. Oh, man. Like, funny story with that. Just real quick. Like, my first Paralympics, I'm going to Beijing, China. I'm going to the birthplace of Bruce Lee. Growing up as a kid, like, loving martial arts and loving Bruce Lee. And I get to go to his home country. Like, this is this is wild. Get to see the Great Wall of China. Get to see Tiananmen Square. Get to see the Forbidden City. All these different things. But before that, we go over to the Colorado Springs Center and are, like, giving us our Paralympic gear and stuff like that. Like, you know, our Nike, our Ralph Lauren. And I see these little grocery carts mm-hmm. sitting in there. And I'm like... Why is there a grocery cart? This isn't a grocery store. And my teammate's like, who's been to a Paralympics before? He's like, just wait. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait for what? And sure enough, they gave us so much stuff. It literally fits to the brim of that grocery cart. Oh, they wow. gave us like shoes, warm-ups, t-shirts, shorts, socks, compressions, polos, jackets, sweatshirts, hats, all this stuff, man. I mean, it was just, it's just so crazy. So then the next time when I go to, when I go to Rio and somebody new is a part of the team, I'm just like, I'm, nah, I'm, nah, I'm in, nah, I'm in the position that my other guy was. And it's like, bro, just, just wait, man. Just wait. It's, it's about to get real fun in a minute, man. That's like <laughs> sports gear galore. Oh, like when we went to Rio, they literally said they had 72 items of clothing. To give us, wow. we literally had a bag on wheels of Ralph Lauren and a bag on wheels of Nike stuff. Plus, we got Oakleys. Plus, we got a watch. Plus, we got our Paralympic ring. It was just, it's just absolutely insane. Awesome, absolutely insane. It just, it's just, it's just beautiful. And now, all this time later, you know, I'm living in Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is where. The Goal Ball Center of Excellence resides, which means this is our training site mm-hmm. here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Never really thought I'd, I, you know, Indiana, the only thing I knew about Indiana was cornfields and the Indiana Hoosier basketball team. That's it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, we're going to Fort Wayne, Indiana for the residency program. I'm thinking, like, huh, okay. So they build us a house. We literally stay in a house right across the street from our training site and this is where i train so literally every time we have a training camp everybody's coming here i don't have to fly no more to a training camp the training camp is here where i live (laughs) that is really 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 cool technically i've been playing goal ball (sighs) really want to get technical but i guess i mean this will be my 20th men's national level season coming oh up next year wow that's um, a long time and so technically i've been playing for 20 years competitively but the sport of goal ball itself i've been playing probably for about um, like almost 22 years wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time from the looks of it and everything sports have pretty much been like an impact throughout your whole life mm-hmm. how has 
playing a sport like goba help you deal with your visual impairment well it's quite interesting you say that because like it's 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 so funny how i never thought of this when i was in school it took until about probably a year or two ago for me to actually come to the realization of how beneficial goba actually is for me as a person with my albinism i always wanted to play basketball team sport team sport i wanted to make the olympics want to do all these different things with it right mm-hmm. and now i'm playing another team sport that happens to be a lot of the times playing on a basketball court mm-hmm. so i'm still getting that right. get to still travel all over the globe like those guys and girls do get to get pay the stipend, get metal money, get medals, get, you know, Nike, Ralph Lauren, all these different things like they're doing, you know. And on a different tip, I'm thinking like, hmm, I'm a person with albinism and everything and stuff, which means I don't tan. I have to wear sunscreen. Otherwise, I'm going to get burnt. Mm -hmm. Goalball, indoor sport. Right. Don't got to worry about no sunscreen for that situation. So check. And then on top of that, I have photophobia which means my eyes are sensitive to the light right because i have so i have to wear outside if it's sunny shades and a hat if it's overcast maybe just a hat or no shades or hat nighttime i'm good but depending on the brightness of outside i'm gonna have to wear some shades indoors depending on the lighting shades hat something like that mm-hmm. i play goalball we're wearing darked out eye shades mm-hmm my photophobia no longer exists. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that was a plus, a, huh? Yes. <laughs> so that was the thing of basketball. I couldn't wear a hat. I couldn't wear shades. So after a while with my photophobia, my eyes would start to hurt. They drain. I started getting headaches. Same thing with outside. You know, I was always worried about like having my shades. If I didn't have my shades, I was in trouble. I was always worried about running outside of the lanes and stuff like that because of the brightness, because of the glare, because of all these different oh, things. Trust me, I know I know about light sensitivity. I have a retinal condition, so I, I struggle with some light sensitivity as well as not being able to see in the dark. I kind of know what you're talking about when you say that you're light sensitive. Yes. So it's just one of those things where it's just it's so interesting how, like, in life, when you hear that saying of, like, things tend to happen when you least expect them yeah. to. And that's the thing with goalball. It's mm-hmm. like, if I was to look back and just kind of be like, man, did I ever think that the one sport that I made fun of, that I neglected, that I didn't care anything about, that I thought was the dumbest sport ever invented, turns out was going to be the sport that was going to take me to 13 different countries Allows me to have these frequent flyer mileage and stuff, accounts and stuff like that. Giving me free Nike, Ralph Lauren, Oakley's, watches, you know, meeting the president of the United States, walking into the White House, like traveling to like over 20 different like states within the United States and stuff like that. And meeting all these different friends that I have now called friends, people who I've now called family. No, there's no way. That I would have ever thought that to the point where I wanted to be a professional athlete. And I actually am. That's awesome. That is really cool. You know how they say, oh, where do you see yourself in like 5, 10, 15 years? You don't know what's coming. Oh, there's no way. I mean, I mean, if, if, if I would have said no to that training camp, everything that would have happened would have never happened. And there's 
honestly, I don't even want to, I don't even want to try, even though I, I entertain it from time to time, I don't mm. even want to try to imagine like all the friends, all the family, all the trips, all of everything that has occurred that just didn't happen and stuff because it, it, it's just, it, it, it has people look at me in like a different way, mm-hmm. you know, in like a really cool way. Like it's brought me closer to like my neighbors and stuff like that or whatever as well. Like funny story with that. I, I got, I got back from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, mm-hmm. got a silver medal, came back home to Jacksonville and I find out that there's a camera crew waiting for me at the airport. Oh my gosh. Oh, cool. So then that happened. So I get in my mom's car. We're going into the neighborhood. I see my neighbors and everybody with pictures and streamers all celebrating me and everything and stuff, whatever. And then there's another news crew in my driveway. Oh my gosh. And wow. then neighbors are coming over, doing this, doing that, getting interviewed, blah, blah, blah. Then two days later, I get asked to go on Good Morning Jacksonville to be interviewed. Oh, wow. And so, and this is because of my neighbor. My neighbor was just like emailing after email after email like, hey, we have a person in Jacksonville. He grew up in this neighborhood. He's a Paralympic athlete. He's got one that's got done winning a silver medal. You guys need to get on this, interview him, yada, yada, yada. And it, it just, it happened. And then we had like this WhatsApp group where like I was telling the guys, I was like, guys, man, this is happening. This, 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 and this happened to me and stuff. I'm pretty sure this stuff's happening to you guys too and everything, man, because you guys are, you know, good with social media and blah, blah, blah. And one by one, they were like, no, no, Daryl, that. <laughs> Has not happened at all. But thank you for sharing. <laughs> wow. I was like, whoops. I mean, I, how was I supposed to know? I was like, <laughs> I thought they do the same thing. I didn't know it was just like a me thing. Like, right. dang. Like, it just, that's just what it ended up happening and stuff. And <laughs> the same thing with the whole meeting President Obama. I had the opportunity to go to Australia for a tournament. Uh, Australia Nationals tournament that the coach out there invited people from the United States to come to. And he was going to pay for their ticket up to $1,000. So if your ticket went above that, you had to pay for the difference, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, nah, nah. I really want to go to the White House. Just had this feeling I had to go to the White House. And it's like, so I went. And then, because it was going to be during that trip, so I went. And then while we were there, we were actually supposed to have the White House event outside. But on the day of it was pouring raining. So they're like, well, we can't not just not have this. So it went from being outside to inside. And I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> That's we, awesome. get, we get to go in the White House? Dude, this is, oh, this is, this is for real legit. They also made the additional thing that we were actually going to not only meet President Obama, we were going to shake his hand. Like, I, I got to shake his hand, picture with him. On top of that, I saw Michelle Obama. She gave me a hug. You know, we saw the vice president and stuff like that shook his hand, too. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, did did this really just happen? That is You know, and then he gives a big speech and stuff like that about the medals and stuff. And it's actually because of President Obama that this happened, from what I heard. Now, there's this thing called medal money Mm -hmm. that athletes get, Mm -hmm. you know, when they go to the Paralympics and the Olympics. So for the longest time, the Paralympians have gotten different 
amount of money than the Olympic athletes. Oh, wow. Well, starting 2020, because of President Obama, that's not the case anymore. Now, Paralympic athletes are going to get the same amount as the Olympic athletes. Oh, wow. So now, from what we understand, if we win a gold medal at the Paralympics, that's $37,000 each. Wow. wow. Yeah. But the thing is, for me, I just want to go. I want to go and help the team. I want to go out there and do the best we can to represent our country, represent our families, friends, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Termstone, governing body, so forth and so on. You know, us getting a medal and even getting money is a bonus. You know, I'm not right. sure how the other guys feel and stuff like that, but that's how I look at it. Because I've, right. I've learned that if you... If you set it on just getting a gold and setting on getting that money, you, you know, anything less will be disappointing, you right. know. So we have the potential to win the whole thing. But that's the thing I told you about gold ball. Now, now gold ball has turned into an athletic competition to a point where, like, literally, I feel like every single team, there's only, and there's only 10 countries from men and women that qualify for gold ball. Wow. That go. Oh, as of right now, last I checked, there are seven, seven men's teams, seven women's teams that are qualified. There is a European tournament happening this weekend that's going to determine the eighth men and women's team to qualify. And then there's an Asia tournament, I believe, in December that's going to determine the ninth men's and women's and then... On top of that, you know, then there's a there's a tournament in Africa that's going to determine the last slots and stuff. Whatever, which will happen, I believe, in February of next year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we we just qualified at the at the 2019 Para Pan American Games by taking second against Brazil, who actually already um, qualified for the Paralympics. They qualified by winning the 2018 World Championships, which was in Malmo, Sweden. So all we had to do was get the top spot above all the other teams there, and we did. Awesome! Congratulations. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty sweet. You know that it was it was really fun in Peru for me as an athlete. I actually was surprised. I actually got interviewed twice while wow. out there and stuff, whatever. Which was a lot of lot of fun and stuff, whatever. And yeah, the people were really friendly. You know, I got to see some people I haven't seen in a few years since the Paralympics. And now we're just out here training, you know, training, doing new things, building muscle, right. gaining speed, all these different things to prepare for the next Paralympics. And hopefully I will definitely be in that selection process to go to my third Paralympic Games, which will be in Tokyo, Japan, which, like I said before, I was... Really excited about going to China, the birthplace of Bruce Lee and everything and stuff. But now for me, it's like Japan. It's like just like samurai. Like always as a kid, I used to enjoy samurais and ninjas and, you know, even just like just the whole Japanese culture and stuff like that in general. So it's right. just like, oh, That's you awesome. know, then you see like then you see Tokyo Drift and you're just like, oh, man, I, I want to go so bad. And <laughs> so, now it's it's so close. You know, so close. I just got to put in the time and the effort and stuff and stay healthy and should be on a team. What do you like to do outside of goalball? I am a yoga guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love yoga. I've been doing yoga for the past, 
three years. That's also something that I stumbled upon that I kind of like made fun of. (laughs) And it helped me overcome back pain, helped me overcome muscle soreness, helped me overcome stress, anxiety and stuff like that. And now it's more of a, a mixture of all that stuff. It's more of a meditative release you know, a place that I can go, like for some people, it's like they go write or they go listen to music or they go for a walk. Right. For me, I just roll, I roll out the mat and I do some yoga. You know, I love it. You know, I, I do yoga, I do meditation. I'm actually waiting to see if I actually got this grant to pay for education to become a yoga instructor. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I mean, but other than that, just, you know, I read. I'm also a religious man. Okay. You know, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we have a really big conference happening this weekend called General Conference and looking forward to that. And just anytime I can go to church on Sunday, I do. Anytime I can go to the temple, I go, you know, so those are like my two outside things that I do quite frequently. And then other than that, just spend time with friends, you know, church family, you know, other family from from distant places and stuff like that. And that's really my thing. I mean, I, I, I need to add some more hobbies, like other hobbies that I wish I could do. I still want to learn how to play chess. Oh, that'd be cool. That's something I want to I want to learn. I want to learn how to play chess. Maybe learn how to do a little bit of photography and stuff like that, just for fun or whatever. I also want to learn how to how to waltz. Oh, like that'd the, be fun, like ballroom dancing. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always wanted to. I mean, I've always been a fan of that stuff and everything. And at some point, when I think when I'm done playing goalball and everything and stuff, I think I'm going to get back. I, as a kid, I took taekwondo. And I stopped that and everything. And a part of me just wants to, like, you know, get back into martial arts for old time's sake. So I'm not sure if I want to get back into, like, taekwondo or I might actually do uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, who knows? Wherever I live and stuff like that, if the opportunity comes about, if, if it's affordable, then, you know, we'll do it and stuff. But those are things I like to do for fun and just, you know, just learning more and more things about the anatomy. I'm starting to be a fan of that stuff as far as like dieting, right. as far as like stretching, as far as like reflecting, all mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that in general. Like I just I just love all that stuff. I just love any any type of thing I could learn about my body and about my spiritual growth and stuff. That's what really is uh really important to me. Yeah, that's Very really important. So. And it's important for everybody to just try to maintain a healthy lifestyle you know because you know how they you know what you know what they say like your body is your temple take care of it mm-hmm. absolutely and that's what i'm learning more and more and more and just being able to just like you know I, I, i've recently made some changes with my diet by by doing like you know meal prepping veggies grains meats watching what i'm eating and stuff you know having my desserts here and there and stuff like that but kind of like you know Majority of the time doing good, clean food, yeah. having water over soda, mm-hmm. getting proper sleep, taking care of myself and everything and stuff. And it's, and it's helping me. And at the end of the day, I'm seeing the, the bigger difference whenever I'm doing, you know, workouts, you know, and doing my, you know, my goal ball practices and stuff like that. It's helping me focus more. It's helping me move better. It's helping me think quicker and stuff like that. So I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited about how things are going to go with the rest of this year and to bring in 2020 and, you know, really just kind of see what happens. I'm, I'm just really, really excited and, you know, just looking forward to what can happen. And a friend of mine actually served a mission in Japan and stuff, whatever. So he's actually going to teach me a little bit Japanese. So 
That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> it's it's kind of my goal to kind of like, you know, just I just want to just walk up to like the Japanese men's or women's team and stuff and they know I just like, you know, speak a little bit or they know I just like say hello and they try to speak English. And just out of nowhere, I just want to be able to like say not only just say a complete sentence, but just start to have a conversation, just have them just look at me like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what? An American-speaking like, Japanese Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, just, just to see their excitement. So they can just kind of just like, cause I don't know if you've ever seen the movie um, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. I've Is heard that, of it. Yeah, it's, it's like a scene in the movie where he actually starts speaking Japanese and they're all just like, laughing and they're full of joy they're just like oh my gosh he understands what we're saying this is so cool he can speak the language and then he gets better and better and starts to have conversations with people they can start opening up all these different things i want to be able to do that too like and i'm not trying to say i'll end up being fluent with it and everything but if you really think about it if we have like 10 or 11 months until tokyo and stuff like that and i make the team in reality, in college, you take Japanese one and two by semesters and stuff. It's like four-month semesters. So that's like eight months right there. So right. technically, I'd have an additional two or three months to study up on it. So yeah, if I practice it weekly, hey, you know, I can go out there, just start speaking Japanese and just have have them just be like, I, I, I truly know, especially the women's team. The women's team are really going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> what's happening like he isn't he american like how is he what how does he know this like what's happening i can't wait to see their reaction they're just like gonna just be like oh my gosh this is this is really cool like that'll so, be really awesome yeah because and it's kind of cool too because we kind of do this thing i'm not sure if you've heard about it and stuff the usa men's team we do this thing where we say one, two, three, and we just yell Roadhouse. Oh, wow. All at the same time because we went to this restaurant called Texas Roadhouse. Right. And we just did that all of a sudden. We just randomly did that. And since that point, we've been doing it at goalball tournaments everywhere we go. Like we did it in Peru, Brazil. People want to take videos of it. People want to do it together with us. You know, it got to the point where literally when we went to Peru, we actually found out that Texas Roadhouse follows us on Twitter. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's huge. That's so really cool. It's kind of my goal to like learn Japanese to the point where I can, especially can learn one, two, three, like learn the numerical order of that and everything and stuff. So that way they can start doing Roadhouse too, everywhere we go. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just really excited about the opportunity of it and stuff. And even just like talking to you about all this stuff has kind of just helped me. Help me just realize just how how blessed I've been, mm-hmm. you know, how fortunate I've been mm-hmm. to have this opportunity and stuff, whatever. And, you know, just remind myself life's too short. Just live a certain kind of life or live under expectations of what other people want you to live by and stuff. And right. I may not necessarily have a bunch of degrees and working in some business place wearing a suit and stuff like that. But Who's to say the person that's less living that lifestyle is actually even happy with their life? Exactly. Exactly. And you, know? you and you have like, you know, all these great opportunities. Like, you know what they say? If you have an opportunity, take it. Because you'll yeah. never, ever, ever get it again. That's that's something I asked myself too. Like if I would have said no to the tryout, would I have ever been asked again? 
Right. Who knows? I have no idea if that's the, if that's the case or not. But I'm glad I said yes because again, it's just it, it's it's opened up the door. It's opened up other opportunities. I mean, heck, even the yoga thing. There's no way even with the yoga, I would have been like in 2016 when I first got into it. I've been like, yeah. Three years from now, I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to love it. I'm going to preach on it. I'm going to swear by it. No way. No possible way I would have done that. But like literally, anytime somebody's going through something, I tell them what can help them. And I I tell them, I I preach it. The yoga will definitely help. Trust me. It'll definitely make you into a better athlete. It'll help you be a better person, help you with your sleep, help you with everything. It definitely will. Yep. I know it will. So that's why I'm really hoping I get that grant so I can actually study because there's actually a studio here in town that I've already talked to the instructor that I can actually learn curriculum to actually study that like it'll be like a 10 month curriculum to where I can actually become a yoga instructor. That is awesome. Well, all the all the best of luck to you. And I hope that you have more amazing opportunities coming your way. And I'm glad that our audience gets to learn something new and I hope to have you back in the future. Sounds good to me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much, Daryl. Have a good night. You do the same. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, that was our guest. And you guys always know if you guys have any questions or ideas on topics, please um, email us at this is what blind looks like pod at gmail.com. We also have our Facebook page and our Twitter page. You can follow us in there and we will definitely have more episodes for you guys. So we'll see you next time and tune in for the next episode.